Today, I want to talk to you about Clean Insights, particularly what Clean Insights looks like for a developer who's going to be integrating Clean Insights into their own application. By the end of this talk, you'll know how to add that code to your app so you can gather analytics without compromising your user's privacy. If you're interested in a more general introduction to Clean Insights or in other topics like consent user experience, find us at cleaninsights.org. We've got a lot to share about a whole range of other topics. While we'll be talking mostly in pseudocode today, we have five different SDKs you can use depending on what kind of a project you're building. We have native SDKs for iOS and Android, as well as for Python, Rust, and JavaScript. The JavaScript one can run server-side, like in a Node app, or client-side. While each of these was created by the Guardian project team, they're all open source, and we welcome collaboration if you see something here that's missing. I want to give you a quick overview of how data flows through the Clean Insights world, because it'll make the rest of this presentation the next few minutes make a lot more sense. The easiest way is to start at the end and work backwards. Eventually, folks are gonna to wanna to see the data you've collected, they're gonna to wanna to analyze it, and they're gonna to wanna to make a decision. We use the same backend as Matomo, which is a powerful open source analytics tool. This is a web app that other users, your developers, or anyone in the organization can log into, see the graphs, see the counts, zoom in on different time periods, so on and so forth. Um, kind of that same user interface you'll be familiar with if you've used other analytics products in the past. To get data there, we pass it through a Clean Insights Matomo proxy. This strips out PII, including, for example, the IP address of the incoming data, unpacks the data, and inserts that into Matomo with correct timestamps. Of course, this data is sent from the Clean Insights SDK. The Clean Insights SDK does things like track whether or not its consent, consent has been given before it records any data aggregates all the data on device before sending it in one lump over to the Clean Insights Matomo proxy. Uh, and, and of course, it's only called uh, when your app deems that's appropriate. So somewhere in your application's business logic, you're going to make a call to say, yes, I want to measure this event or this visit. This is what's important to me. Please capture it. We kind of separate this journey of an implementation into two halves. The first half is a simple question, but is often the one that takes the most rumination and the most thoughtfulness within an organization. That's deciding what to measure. So there's this spectrum of measurement philosophies out there. On the far right, we've got the collect it all and sort it out later model that's really common in a lot of the commercial analytics packages. It's very easy to implement. Uh, it's often quite difficult to make sense of later, and it has a lot of rather nasty privacy implications when you say, I'm going to collect everything I can, uh, of which I will only use a small segment later. Right? It, it leads to these big toxic data stores that when they get hacked, do a lot of collateral damage. On the left, you've got the take only what you need approach, and this is where Clean Insights lives. To get the most out of Clean Insights, or in fact to get anything at all, we have to first decide what we want to know. It requires that small bit of upfront work, but like being mindful in other areas of life, we find that asking ourselves this question early results not only in more sparing, and therefore more private data collection, but also in collecting data that actually speaks directly to our real needs instead of giving us a deluge of meaningless data points. So first ask, what do I want to measure? And 
Maybe you already know. That's fantastic. If you don't, uh, one of the places that we often, when we work with teams, ask them to start is to ask what decisions they're going to make, usually over the next year. Of those decisions, which are going to be the hardest, right, or the most important to get right? And is there data that would make you more confident that you're making the right choice there? When you answer those, that's where you want to start with this, right? This is much better than a giant dossier of every click, every feature, so on and so forth, that might give you a lot of data points, but not a lot of insight in any changes you actually want to make. It's kind of that, if a tree falls in the forest question. If you collect a lot of data and you never use it to make a decision, was it worth collecting it at all? So I'll give you a few examples from teams that we've worked with. Uh, Mailvelope, who makes a browser extension that helps you encrypt email you send through a webmail client, uh, makes this extension that works with many different webmail clients. One decision they were going to make over the coming year was which of these integrations to work on. If most users are using webmail provider X, then you want to focus your time there. If most of them are using webmail provider Y, spend your time on webmail provider Y. So we measured which of these were most commonly used. You might also ask yourself, who's using our application? And it turns out that a lot of the things that webmail providers collect, things like IP addresses or browser fingerprints, things of that nature, uh, precise locations, those don't tell you a lot about your users when it comes down to the kind of decisions you'll make in design. What you really want to know is, what is the user using the app for? Um, I read recently, somebody said, you're not in the business you think you're in. You're in the business your customers think you're in. So what are they using your app for? We worked with the folks at Tela who make human rights abuse documentation software. Uh, they have two features. One is quick delete, another is camouflage that users in high risk situations can use to make it so that if your phone is taken away from you, it will hide your tracks and make it difficult for authorities to figure out that you've been documenting these things. Whether or not users are using those sorts of features tells you whether or not that's an important aspect of the software, uh, which it's just one component of what they do. So ask yourself who your users really are and what would be reflected in the types of actions they take. Maybe track that because then you can start to change who you're designing for and what you choose to build in the future. A full discussion of what to measure is kind of beyond the scope of this talk. But there's a lot more on cleaninsights.org, and if you want to talk about it with, with our team, uh, we'd welcome the conversation. Part two, the other half of integrating Clean Insights, is the technical half, right? You're going to install, you're going to configure, store data, ask for consent, instantiate Clean Insights, measure the event, and then you're going to have to have a back-end setup where you can eventually go and visualize your data. It's a handful of steps here, but each one on its own, quite straightforward. To install, you're going to use your standard tooling for whatever language you're in. Maybe that's pip, maybe it's npm. Uh, you add it to your dependency file, and we maintain all of these releases. Next, you'll want to create a config.json with a new campaign. It's a few lines of code that specify the bounds of what we want to collect and kind of give some shape to that. It's also really nice because as time goes on, you have one centralized place to modify 
or to track changes instead of having to look at changes scattered throughout the application. The first thing you're going to find is the server. This is the address of the Clean Insights Matomo proxy. Frequently, this is going to be on the same server as your Matomo instance, uh, but this will be a little bit different than, say, what you'd find for Matomo, where it has its own endpoint. Next is the site ID. This is the Matomo site ID that your data is bound for. If, you, if this is the only application you're tracking on the server, it's going to be number one. But if you have a Matomo server tracking, say, ordinary Matomo analytics across several apps, maybe it's a different number. You'll see that right in the UI when you set up Matomo. But for now, we'll put one there. We've got a timeout in seconds. This, these SDKs are designed to work in primarily or partially online, uh, offline environments. So when they go to report data, if it doesn't go through, that's fine. It'll try again later. This is just saying, give it five seconds, then hang on to that data, and we'll try to report it again later. You've got the debug flag that turns on additional logging, and then you've got the meat of the config, and that is each of the campaigns. So you can have multiple campaigns. Here we've got just one. Each campaign is a key value pair. I've named this one do user share. So we've got an imaginary application with a share button. We want to know if users are using it, right? So the value for that pair has a few different components. We've got a start and an end. This bounds the data collection. Uh, assuming that, you know, I gave consent to a website or an app I used 15 years ago uh, would imply that I'm okay being measured today, I think is a reach. So we really believe in time-bound consent. Here I've set it up for a year. It was the scope of the year 2022, right? So it wouldn't measure anything before or after that point. Next, I've got aggregation periods and a number of periods. So the period length is one. This is measured in days. Here I'm saying I want to aggregate data each day and send it off. I could add, I could make that seven, and then I'd be aggregating at a weekly level. I could do it 30 and be doing it at a monthly level to do something like monthly active users. The number of periods is another limitation you could put on how much data you're gathering. So even if we're within that beginning and end range there, the length of 2022, I only want to record 90 aggregation periods per user. So after you've reported 90 times, we can just stop. If I wanted to collect for the full duration of that year, I could make this something like 366, and then even if you start in June, it'll just run through the end of 2022. Next, I've got only record once. This is something you can do to record the first time a user does an activity in each aggregation period. For example, if I wanted monthly active users, I could set aggregation period length to 30 and only record once to true and then record something like the app being opened. Next, you've got an event aggregation rule. You've got average or sum. So when you record an event, you're going to provide a value with it. Frequently for things that are counts, the value is simply one. There was one opening of the application, right? Sum, uh, and particularly sum of ones, right? is a good way to implement counts. You might also do how many uh, minutes did the user spend in a particular view, and you want to track that over several different views. You would use average for something like that. Last is strength and anonymity. When true, data collection only begins at the beginning of the next period. So even if I consent right now, it wouldn't begin until tomorrow. When it's false, it begins as soon as the user consents. 
The next step we've got is to decide how we want to persist data. And this is going to be something that's not super familiar if you're used to traditional analytics packages that fire off data every single time anything is measured. Clean Insights takes a different approach. We bundle all the data up until the end of the aggregation period and then report the aggregated data. A good way to think about this is if we want to know how many times a day a user opens an application, or how many times per week, right? Which might be a better and more accurate measure for us since different people have, say, different work schedules. Well, I could just find out what I'm actually after, which is this user or all users opened it 33 times in a week. That works really well for accomplishing my ends, um, and it keeps the user's privacy pretty much intact. Contrast that with the kind of business as usual approach that you'll find with something like Google Analytics, where each time the user opens the app, it'll fire an event to your server. You end up with these timestamps that not only tell you how many times they opened it, because you can add that up and you can still get 33, but you also see more or less an approximation of the user's waking hours, which feels pretty invasive to me. So the idea is that we aggregate on device so we can send a minimized package back off device. This also helps when you're offline to keep that data stored and ready for next time the user is online so that you can report that bundle then. We've got different storage options depending on the SDK you're using and the right context, right? You're gonna store differently whether you're on iOS or say operating in a web browser. There's built-in ones for your language that probably solve your need, but in the event that you need something clever uh, for your particular environment, or you want to use, say, a database that you're already using for your application and that you have backups of or other protection of, perhaps encrypted, uh, you can implement your own storage interface. It's about three functions. It's quite simple. Uh, and as a bonus, in addition to deciding how to persist that data, in uh, during that aggregation period, you also have the option to change how that data is sent. So we have some users that have more demanding privacy requirements that say, hey, not only uh, do I want to aggregate this, so I'm only sending it very frequently, but I also want to make sure that I'm not leaving a telltale sign on the network that a user is using my app, which might be a, pre a predominantly offline application. They might say, please only report this when the user is connected to a VPN or Tor or through some other means, right? So you can control that in a rather fine-grained way if you want by implementing your own storage mechanism. Next is gathering user consent. And this is a big, big topic. There's so much more on our website about it, uh, and we would love to talk to you about it if you find yourself in kind of a conundrum of, hey, how do I do this for my context? I'm going to give you the Cliffs notes here because this is a development-focused talk, but just know that this is a big and rich area. What you got to think of is, is how and when to ask your user. I tend to find that a giant banner on startup is both disruptive to what the user is actually trying to do, and it's not respectful of what they already know. So think about what your app is, right? Is your app used by power users? We'll talk to them about the specifics then, right? Uh, that's different than if you're targeting, say, a generic audience. If you've already established some expectations about privacy, if you make a privacy-focused app, you can talk about that and say, just like we store X in such and such a way, we're storing this in such and such a way, right? Or, you know, we promised you that we would never do X, Y, and Z, and here's how this keeps up with that. So it doesn't feel like it's just a data grab, right? And 
honestly, I think one of the coolest options here is, is if you're an open source project, talk to users about what this really is. This is a contribution that they can choose to make, just like they could contribute money or development effort to the project. And for a lot of users who aren't software engineers, this is a great way to be part of open source, uh, which is otherwise a difficult thing for them to contribute to. So talk to them about that and contextualize it. Make sure you're explaining what you're gathering, right? It's not data. We're not just processing data. It's, hey, I wanna look at how many times folks are sharing so that we can understand, you know, what and, and tell them what decision you're gonna make. Make this a collaborative endeavor. Um, once you get consent from the user in your UI and the, how you implement that is up to you, you call cleaninsights.grant, you tell it which campaign they've granted consent for, right? They could consent to one and not another. Say maybe one gathers very particular data that they would feel uncomfortable sharing and another measures something else. So you call .grant to make note of consent. And then in the future, cleaninsights.measure will only record data if that consent has been given and if the current time is between the start and end of the campaign. I mentioned instantiating the Clean Insights object. As simple, you just create an instance of the object fed with the appropriate store and config from earlier. The real question that you're gonna have in any app of significant size is when is the right time to create and destroy it and pass that object around your application. I tend to find the singleton approach is quite nice and makes it available throughout the application, but there's nothing that makes that inherently right. You could create and destroy it frequently uh, to keep it, to keep the places that the, the app gets modified very minimized, right? You say, I only actually want this file to ever have changes associated with Clean Insights and I wanna leave the rest of the app untouched. You could do that as well. Uh, there's nothing inherently right or wrong. Just remember that as you're destroying the Clean Insights object to call save, so that the, the store is persisted to whatever media you've chosen, and that way you can pick it up later. Next is the call to dot measure. Depending on your SDK, you'll also find dot measure event or dot measure visit. Um, these use the same data model and semantics as you'd find in Google Analytics or Matomo. Uh, the Matomo docs are very good for explaining, hey, what's a category, what's an action, what's a name, how will these show up in the UI, how would I you know, kind of create a taxonomy of actions? Uh, but th this will be very familiar if you've used a traditional analytics package. You make this call right in your business logic, right where the thing's happening. So here in our imaginary app, we said, we've got this function share contact info. <laughs> Uh, we've done the business logic of actually sharing contact info with whoever it is, however it is that we do it in our application, and then we want to measure this. So I'm calling uh, to the CI object that I instantiated earlier. I say dot measure event. I give it the category, the action, the name. Pardon me. I say the campaign is do users share, and the value is one, right? So we're using that campaign from earlier. Then. I return as normal from that share contact info function. The last step here is to set up that Matomo instance and proxy that, that we talked about at the beginning. Matomo, uh, it's an open source package. You can go self-host it yourself, uh, or you can have Matomo take the server maintenance off your hands and host it for a monthly fee. If you remember from our data flow diagram before, you're also gonna want even if you're using that cloud-hosted version, you're gonna to wanna to have a Clean Insights Matomo proxy living somewhere that the device will actually connect to. You can host your own, it's just a PHP file, very straightforward, or you know it can live on the same server. 
Um, it can it can live on a different server from your Matomos. It's really up to you. If you're keen to give this all a try, but you don't want to go through the trouble of standing up your own Matomo and Simp server, you can try it out on Guardian Project server. Reach out to us and we'll set you up with a user account and a site ID. Uh, but the, the, the visualization process is exactly what you've seen uh, if you've used Matomo before or Google Analytics. You can create different users in your organization. They can zoom in on different time periods and get a sense of, of that either visit data or that uh, event data coming in. Next is the most relaxing part of the whole implementation process, and this is where we wait. Um, to make your wait time while you're waiting for the analytics data to flow in so that you can make your decisions easier and to make it more delicious, we offer uh, real live coffee uh, that we will mail you and that you can brew and sit and wait for your dashboard to fill up with interesting and important data to help you make good decisions. Reach out to us, uh, cleaninsights.org slash beans has the information on how to get a bag of insightful beans. As I've said a handful of times, you can find everything you're looking for at cleaninsights.org, including links to our contact information. We'd love to hear, hear from you, hear how you're using the product, uh, and we'd be delighted to talk to you about your consent experience or how to implement it particularly for your application, especially if you've got a very interesting use case. So look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening and happy measuring from all of us on the Clean Insights team.